And welcome to Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is the NFL betting preview show. As always, I'm your host, Nate. How are we doing today, good sir? Fantastic. How are you? Doing fantastic as well. It's been, we had a little bit of a week off. We both had Christmas parties. Hopefully, you know, no mistakes were made. I won a nice pair of headphones in Ooh. my company raffle. So that's a, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win for sure. Absolutely. Big win. Uh, and then a bigger win. We've got NFL games on Saturday. We have entered that time frame. I'm a big college football fan, as you all know. But NFL on Saturday is nice. When we get to this point where bowl seasoning is absolutely meaningless, NFL Saturday games are very nice. Yep, it is nice. The NFL says, ah, we can just take over everyone's whole weekend here, and we will do that. Give you a nice full slate on Saturday. Obviously, you got your Sunday full slate. And then, oh, man, next weekend. Cool. That I mean, it's just going to – it's. Gonna be the greatest three days ever. Um, I am very excited. Absolutely. I was looking at the Saturday slate and I was like, man, I wish the injuries bug hadn't hit the quarterback room, specifically in the NFL, which will that'll be a common theme as we talk about quarterbacks this week. But like Vikings, Bengals, Joe Burr versus Kirk Cousins, and the, the way those two teams are performing, so much better. <laughs> like yeah. Steelers Colts was never gonna be good. And then you had Broncos lines, like that could have been great. Still gonna be all right. We'll break them all down as always. And we start with the Vikings Bengals. Lines at three over under. 40 and a half. Jake Browning's had himself some nice couple weeks here. You got a Vikings team that who knows who the quarterback will be. It's supposed to be Nick Mullins. He came in and saved Dobbs. This team has been patchwork at best on the defensive side of the football, on the offensive side of the football. It's a very commendable job what that coaching staff is doing. But how are we viewing this game? Where are we at with it? Um, I mean, this game, I'm just looking at the team that it's more hot. I mean, you got to go with the Bengals here. I, I just trust them much more. I trust their backup quarterback more so than I trust whoever is playing quarterback for the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings won 3 0. I mean, it was 3 0. I mean, in back to back weeks, we have had a 3 0 game and a 6 0 game. What NFL world are we living in? <laughs> I mean, that's just terrible. You're coming off a 3 0 win over the, the Raiders. Josh Dobbs, I, I, you know, we've been loving what we've been seeing. It's been an awesome story, but man, he has you know, plummeted. Uh, back to reality here. Um, and then, you know, what we've seen from Jake Browning, he seems to be, he seems to have a pretty good, uh, pretty good connection there with Jamar Chase. That's a good thing. Um, yep. And, you know, we'll see if Justin Jefferson plays, um, you know, he came back and then just took a wicked shot last weekend. Hopefully he's able to play. They need him to play. Um, the thing that, you know, well, just this Saturday slate in general, it's not really like the best matchups, but every team playing, has a playoff sweat. So, you know, I'll take it at this point. Uh, but yeah, either way, these these aren't the best games on Saturday. Um, but I, I do feel a lot better here about the Bengals. I think they're rolling a little bit more. Um, I, I, what I love about Joe B, and maybe it's happening in Minnesota. Um, we already know in Cleveland, Deshaun Watson's just hanging out in suites during the game. But Joe B is on the sideline. He's there. I like seeing that. I don't know if Kirk's on the sideline. I don't think he is. I, I haven't no. seen him if he is. Um, so that's what I like about the Bengals as well. It's just, you know, they just seem like a more put together team, a more motivated team. Um, so yeah, I am going Bengals here. Joe B is awesome. Not only giving yeah, out man. sweets to Jake Browning's family, his suite, he's also on the sidelines helping him out. And that's where this game, <clears throat> having Joe B on the sidelines and Zach Taylor is going to be put to the test because what Brian Flores is doing for this Vikings defense is pretty damn commendable. Cause this is a Viking roster defensively. That is not the best, but he's got creative with it. He's throwing out like three safeties out there, five DBs at times plays a lot of zone coverage blitzes behind that. Jake Brown's going to have to be on his dotted T's 
dot his T's, dot his I's, cross his T's, and be paying attention to the small details here. Um, so having Joe Burrow there to help guide him through what will be a bit of a task to pick apart this mm-hmm. Vikings defense this week will be crucial. I can't back the bike. I have no bet in this game. Like I'm just saying, I I only have one game I'm betting on this on this Saturday slate for the public. I will because I'm a degenerate and need to have a little action somewhere. I'll find some angle. But for our listeners, we tend to like to try to give out winning bets on this show. Um, I don't have anything particularly here, but it will be an interesting for a Bengals team that is still trying to grasp at the playoffs. This is a big moment for Jake Browning and and what this offense could possibly be with him at the helm. Yeah. Steelers. Okay. Steelers Colts lines at 42 overs at 42 line is at one and a half. I don't know if Mitch Trubisky is much of a downgrade from Kenny Pickett, to be honest. I, I don't downgrade this team virtually. Honestly, I think it might be an upgrade just by his mobility factor compared to Pickett's at this point in time. Um, how are you viewing this sort of stinker of a game? Yeah, this one's definitely a bit more of a stinker. I mean, both of these teams are in the playoff hunt, but at the same time, it's just like, how are either one of these teams seven and six? Like, what is going on? I, I don't I don't get it. Um, yeah, I, I don't take, I don't really even take the, the fact that the Steelers have a backup quarterback and like that does not affect my opinion of this game whatsoever. Like they are, even to me, Kenny Pickett wasn't really even a starting caliber quarterback anyway. Um, and then, you know, you look over what's going on in Indy. Yeah, they have a backup, but he's been playing all season. So maybe, you know, things are going a little bit better for him. The Steelers in the last five lost three out of five, I believe. It's They are kind of starting to come back to reality. I think they've lost two straight Colts last week. Got, got rolled, obviously. Um, but before that, you know, Indy was rolling themselves. I think they won like four straight. So give me Indy here. They've just been playing better recently. Um, and also... Michael Pittman is having the quietest productive season for a wide receiver. I've seen in a long time. I, was, I, I saw his numbers the other day. I was like, what? I was like, Are you kidding me? Um, so, yeah, I, I just think they're rolling a little bit more right now. The Steelers, I mean, sometimes they're able to pass their wide receivers. I will say last week they actually did. You know, I think, I think, <laughs> shocker, I think they combined for over 100 receiving yards between two guys. Um, <laughs> so they're on the co-op as well. Um, but now give me – Give me the Colts here. Um, this is this is a stinker, though. This is this is not a fun game. Yeah, I lean the Colts. The only reason I didn't pull the trigger is because the Brack Brack. I'm struggling with words today, folks. Um, good thing this is an auditory platform for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> In the back of my brain, I am terrified of the Mike Tomlin effect because we know this team is a stinker of a team but this feels like a spot where mike timeline somehow gets his guys up and just drags the corpse that is the steelers team across the finish line into a wild card spot and i can't get that like spidey sense out of the back of my brain but that's the only reason i'd be betting the steelers i don't i can't find an edge here for the steelers to overcome the colts in this game in the dome they're also not in pittsburgh outside like the colts are a little Risky because of the turnover factor um, at the quarterback position. <laughs> so it, it's the only reason I haven't bet this game, but I just, I didn't have much because I was like, I'm, I'm too chicken to take the Steelers based on just the Mike Tomlin effect. Cause I don't like to put my money that way just off random feelings, but it, it I, I can't get rid of it. Yep. I get it. All right. Probably the best of the bunch of game. I do have a bet in Broncos lions. The line is at four and a half over under 48. Jared Goff turned into the pumpkin that he always does when he's outside in bad weather games last week. He is now back in the dome for a Lions team that desperately needs to kind of 
seal up some wounds that they have both defensively and offensively going against the Broncos team. That's had a nice stretch here of wins. You know, the defense is causing havoc. The offense is being a little bit more choosy with its spots um, and being a little bit more conservative, but still not afraid to to let it loose. What do you make of this game? And, and do you have a play in this one? This is a tough one just because I mean, it's kind of two teams that are going in different directions here. Obviously, you know, the Broncos, they, you know, they're not on that same streak that they were on anymore, but you know, they've been playing well recently and the lions bums me out. Cause you know, I've been, I've been high on them and I still am you know, relatively high on them, but they are starting to show a few weaknesses. I mean, Jared Goff, you put him in that dome with the air conditioning on, he plays way better, but he, he leaves that place and he's just a totally different player. It's very strange. Um, and that defense they can't stop anyone anymore. I, they just give up points left and right. Uh, it was a defense that, you know, in the beginning of the season looked really good, uh, but they, they're just, they're not playing the same anymore. Their secondary is just getting thrashed. Um, yeah. I don't, he, he won't be back this weekend, but I do hear that CJ Gardner Johnson is supposed to come back, you know, within the next couple of weeks, that'll be helpful because as we know, he is a menace. Uh, <laughs> he, he is the, best troll in the NFL, no doubt about it. Um, and he's also a good football player, but um, I will, I'll take the lions here. I just think they're, even though they're, they're going in, you know, it's other direction than the Broncos are. I just think when you just look at the roster, you look at the team, I, I just like, this is just a better football team in my opinion. So I will take them. They're just the more explosive offense. And, you know, I almost, you know, this is not always a good thing, but I almost always will go with the more explosive offense in the NFL. <laughs> that's fair. I'm rolling lines uh, at the four and a half spot. I've already placed that wager. The way I, I looked at this is this is a Broncos defense. That's number three in percentage of offensive drives that turn into have a turnover involved. Um, You're in the dome. Jared Goff's a little bit more conservative in the dome. He plays a little bit better. I think Ben Johnson's going to realize that this is a Broncos defense that has trouble stopping the rush. They're going to fire up that run game. They're going to play off that, be very conservative in their passing game. Tight ends have been a disaster for the Broncos defense to try to guard. So I think that's going to be very nice for them. I like the, the Lions here. I'm nervous about their defense. It's we, we flagged that a couple weeks ago as like, ooh, this could be a problem for what Lions fans are hoping is going to be a magical season. Things got to get fixed real quick on that defense if that's going to be the case. Um, but the dome factor... The defensive problems for the Broncos, I think, because they are so feast and famine off turnovers and offense that I think will still score, but because the Lions are going to be able to control the clock, control the game on the ground, build off play action for that, I very much like the Lions at four and a half. Yeah. Chiefs, Patriots. Whew, the Chiefs are in some trouble. Um, <laughs> I don't know, trouble for the entire season, but as of right now, things are not sitting pretty in Kansas City land. As we saw with an explosive outburst from Patrick Mahomes and followed up by Andy Reid not being too happy about the refs not giving him a little heads up on, I would say, is like the easiest play to prevent. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was very odd. I mean, Kansas City, like, so Mahomes, you know, is getting interviewed after the game. Basically, his argument is you can't make that call in that moment. Okay. Uh, all right. And, and then Andy Reid is basically saying, well, I never got a warning. Uh, okay. <laughs> Who gets a warning? The wide receiver, if they check with the sideline judge, they go, hey, yeah. am I on? Yeah, you are. Or no, back up a little bit here, bud. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And also, like, where I'm confused, it's just like, 
say that was the first time it happened all game and there's two minutes left in the game. Should the ref just go, let it fly, let's go give them a warning? Well, they're not going to get the ball back. So what are you warning them for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> also, I love how they're like, you can't call in that spot as if the, the infraction happens the moment the ball is snapped, as if then they know what's about to proceed to happen. <laughs> Yeah. This isn't like an iffy pass interference or a holding on a pass play or something that has gone the Chiefs' way in the Super Bowl. No, this yep. is a, a, an infraction that happens right at the snap. <laughs> right at the snap, flag was thrown immediately. Uh, I had I had no problems with it. It was the correct call. <laughs> and then they I had three have... more downs to correct it, like to get some offensive progress, and they couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had I had no problem with it. I, I didn't understand their reasoning. Mahomes, I mean, was literally acting like a child. It was just, it was a bad look. I was not a fan of it. Um, and then, you know, eight and a half. <laughs> I mean, New England is a terrible team. We've all heard the reports. Belichick's out after this year. I'm actually kind of surprised Belichick didn't just say, fuck you, and walked out the door when he heard that report. Just knowing the way he is. Shocked like, that that even got out from the yeah. organization. <laughs> yeah, I am shocked by that as well. The only thing I can think of is that maybe they're trying to drum up, you know, trade interest. Someone wants to trade for Bill Belichick. Um, I don't, I would not recommend that. But if anyone wants to do that, that's the only thing I can think of. But just knowing Belichick and the way he is, I'm surprised he didn't walk right out the door when that happened. Um, but this game, I mean, what a terrible game. This will not be on my television. Absolutely not. Uh, I, I, I guess I'll take the Chiefs just because the Patriots literally can't score the ball, but it's incredible. I, I, yeah, I just I don't feel I don't feel very comfortable. I'd probably take the under. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, I viewed that meltdown too by Patrick Mahomes almost as like uh not knowing how to deal with frustration. Like you never had to. You <laughs> never had to. And I don't love comparing them necessarily to like the Patriots organization, but like this was the thing that we always wondered is how would Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes handle the transition to like the next period in their potential dynasty? Because we saw the Patriots iteration go through multiple variations, variations where they had terrible wide receivers to variations where they had just ungodly amount of talent in their passing game to back to more of a, like there's, there's swings in that. How are they going to handle that? I think overall they'll be fine. It's just that first year and it's, it's getting the better of them. I also think Kelsey's yeah. probably done after this season. Talk about another guy. Uh, yeah. I think he's. Pro- I think him and his brother on New Heights podcast are going to announce together. Hey, they're both stepping away from football. Uh, I think that will. episode's going to do numbers. I mean, a lot of players are. You know, they're getting into podcasting and they're realizing, whoa, like I could probably retire early and you know make a boatload off of being podcaster. Look like at Taylor Luan. I mean, yeah. that that players are kind of realizing like, you know, this is a rough game. I don't need to do this anymore, but yeah, I agree with you. I could definitely see it being Kelsey's last year. And if that happens, they, they need to get some talent. They need to figure out what to do. They need to figure out fast because they have no one to throw the ball to. Rasheed Rice is starting to look pretty good though. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Rasheed Rice is actually starting to come on nicely. You know what would have been, would have been a nice player to have a guy like Tyree kill. We saw him down in Miami. He, he seems like a pretty solid player that, that could be he's, helpful on a team like this. He's not bad. 2,000 yards is pretty good for a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's also having a season for the Chiefs, though. Ladarius Sneed. We don't talk yes. about the defensive side of the ball a lot. Yeah. That man is having an unreal season. Not necessarily like uh, Revis-type level that one right. year, but like he is killing it for this Chiefs defense. And that's been an interesting flip to see that the Chiefs defense is honestly oh, yeah. part of this team. 
Easily. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like when you think of the guys he's gone against, he's gone against St. Brown, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Garrett Wilson, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Stephen, or Stephon Diggs. And they've all had pretty bad games compared to what they've done the rest right. of the season against yeah. Steve. It has been impressive. I am not betting this game though, to get back to the betting no. side of this thing, no. this thing, like maybe you throw it in a teaser and tease it down to like a one and a half on a six point teaser. If you need to throw somebody in there, but even that, I don't, I want nothing to do with this. Cause it's also in Foxborough. I could see some weird fluky stuff happening in this just being, I could make this yeah. go a couple of ways. Um, oh, yeah. Bears Browns lines at three over under 38 and a half. Do you think Kevin Stefanski should be in coach of the year talks? Absolutely. I'm I'm kind of yeah. with you. I don't know if he's going to win it, but like I don't hear his name being thrown around a lot for coach of the year. When you consider just the list of season ending injuries they have dealt with that offense alone. I mean, three tackles, your best player, Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson, who's your four quarterbacks, two- dude, yeah. four QBs, four QBs. Eight and five. <laughs> you had to go sign Flacco in street clothes to come out there and play for you. And then on the defense side of the ball, you're also dealing with an immense amount of injuries. Like the fact that they're sitting at eight and five is damn impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. This is a team that I think, you know, I imagine they'll, you know, unless something real bad happens, I, you know, they're a playoff team and no one wants to play that. I can Wouldn't it be hilarious you. if we got Flacco, Lamar Jackson, Ravens, Browns to like awesome. go to the Super Bowl potentially. <laughs> That'd be, that would that would honestly be so awesome. Um, but th- yeah, that would be incredible. I haven't even that even <laughs> crossed my mind. That'd be a, that'd be that'd be insane. Um, but I mean, yeah, this is a Browns team that there no one's gonna want to play this team in the playoffs. I no way they are. They're the way they're built. They are they're kind of built for the playoffs. I mean, it's just and you know you give me. You give me a three-point spread, give me the Browns here all day. I mean, obviously the Bears have stepped it up a little bit. Um, you know, Justin Fields looking better. Uh, it was nice seeing Montez Sweat. I had a very good game last week, and I was very happy to see that. Montez will always be on my good side. I like Montez. Yes. Um, so, but just the talent here, Joe, uh, you know, Joe at home, can't get more veteran than Joe Flacco. So, you know, give me the old vet who, you know, he's playing pretty well right now. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, and even though the defense is banged up for the Browns, we talked about it or last time we were on, they are elite at home, like just one of the top tier. I, I didn't check exactly. I know last week, heading into last week, they were only allowing about 10 points per game at home, which is just insane. Um, you get this Bears team. I'd like to see, you know, if you want to bet the Browns, I think grab it now because there's potentially a hook coming here. Um, the injury report's a little concerning for the Browns defense. So we'll see with that. I particularly like a Justin Fields over rushing prop at 58 and a half. And the reason I like that is because the pra- the Browns love to play man. And when you play man, your back is often away from the quarterback. And Justin Fields has been showing that he's much more willing to use his legs at this point in the season as he auditions for his next job. So I very much like a Justin Fields over 58 and a half rushing prop in this game. Yeah. I like that. Um, Dolphins jets lines at nine and a half over under 37 and a half. How do you recover from what is arguably one of the, not the worst? Cause the Falcons have that super bowl meltdown, but one of the more surprising meltdowns that I can remember as an NFL fan. Yeah, that was, that was shocking. I could not believe like it, it was to a, I was watching that game 95%, but then, you know, I was looking up and I was like, well, 
Giants are driving here. You know, let me let me flip over to that game and watch that. And I'm looking up at that. I'm like, oh wow, the Titans just scored too. And then I flip, you know, I flip back over there. And I'm like, oh, the Titans have the ball back. I'm like, that was that was bad. That was really bad. Also, I mean, I think that game was proof on why Tyreek Hill needs to win MVP. Dolphins offense was just done as soon as Tyreek went out. I mean, they were done. They couldn't do anything. Waddle couldn't get open. They couldn't run the ball. I was so glad you brought Waddle up. Like a guy that we like, but man, without Tyreek out there helping him get single coverage, nothing. (laughs) I was like, hmm, maybe Waddle is not quite the NFL wide receiver that I like. Maybe, you know, maybe he's not a number one wide receiver like I thought he, you know, could be. Like, you know, like probably think T. Higgins is number one wide receiver. Like like maybe, maybe Waddle's not because that offense, I mean, it was just done. And Tyreek is just probably standing on the sideline. Like, wow. <laughs> like, I am amazing. Um, so that, I mean, that's a huge factor here. And we don't know if Tyreek's playing. He's day-to-day. I don't think he practiced today. Um, not. Yeah, so that's not good. And honestly, I mean, I want I want him to get 2,000 yards. Um, I, I would love to see that. But if if he's not 100% or 90%, they might want to seriously consider sitting him one more game. Um, obviously, wins and losses in the AFC right now are huge. So I get, you know, trying to get him out there. But at the same time, it's like, you need that guy. Like, you need him 100% out there. Um, so, you know, that kind of plays a role here. If Tyreek doesn't play, give me the Jets. But if Tyreek plays, obviously, give me the Dolphins. Yep. Easiest breakdown ever. I 100% agree with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want nothing to do with this Dolphins offense, apparently, without Tyreek Hill out there, which is shocking because i would say most people would have thought they made a bit of a jump where they could at least you know not trip and fall over themselves without him but no they can't apparently do that also that perfect narrative for mike rabel and his team's just dragging you down to your lowest point if you give them an inch they are going to drag you to hell with them (laughs) yeah they are so true it's incredible um giant saints lines at six over under 39 the Saints getting six points is just, I, I know you're playing the Giants, but no team in the NFC South should be catching six points. Like, I know my Bucks are in this division. If my Bucks weren't in this division, I don't think I'd watch an NFC South game right now. This is I some, don't watch many. <laughs> this is some of the worst football across the board I have seen in the NFL. And you're giving me a Giants team that's starting to play a bit like a team. Like, they have... They have a weird confidence right now because Tommy oh, DeVille is yeah. out here taking the league by storm. So kind of wanting to ride giants plus six at this point totally with you there like you said uh they're playing hard they're playing in close games the saints winning by seven points uh, i mean yeah they just did it to the, the panthers but that's the panthers let's be honest yeah i i no 100 giants six point plus six all day i didn't check the validity of this but before we hopped on i saw on twitter that uh, Panthers tickets are going for 45 cents a pop. So that tells you how good that team's going right now. <laughs> I, I <wouldn't laughs> that's actually true. I mean, I wouldn't. That might be true. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Falcons Panthers, the worst game in the world. <laughs> Over <laughs> under 33 and a half. I, the, the collective brain power of the coaching staffs in the NFC South is at an all time low. I mean, what are we doing here? Ship this game to the moon. Go to Mars at this point. I, like, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, all I can say is I, 
It's a terrible game. It's such a bad game. At this point, do you just sit Bryce Young, though, to, like, just save him the humiliation and put in, you know, average Andy Dalton? Uh, average Andy Dalton at this point. I think we've said it before. He's probably better. Um, yeah. He, he probably is. Also, one quick tidbit on Andy Dalton. Uh, maybe you notice this more because you lived in the city where Andy Dalton played football for, like, a decade. Yeah. When he was in Cincinnati – Unless I'm wrong, he didn't seem to have like this fiery attitude that he he had when he was playing with Dallas and for the few times I've seen him play Carolina. Andy Dalton gets all he gets a little fiery and angry. I I don't know if it's now that he has a beard that makes him look more angry or yeah. <laughs> the Red Rock like... comes out later in his career for sure. Even here yeah, in Cincinnati, he came out a little bit towards the end. Did it? Like yeah, he gets a okay. little fiery. Yeah, I think I, it's I, all I, the shit he's taken for so long. He's like, fuck it, I might as well. <laughs> it, it might be that, but yeah, that's something I've noticed more recently towards the in the twilight, towards the end of Andy Dalton's career. I'm like, wow, this guy's fiery. I never used to see that in Cincinnati. But <laughs> but anyways, you know, get, getting back on topic here. Terrible game, awful game, like you said, send it to the moon. But you know, if there's any game involving three points at the Carolina Panthers, I'm going to take the opponent. I don't care who it <laughs> is. So give me Atlanta. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so true uh bucks packers <clears throat> minus three and a half over under 42 and a half the packers absolutely screwed me last week as i had them as the last leg of a very nice teaser bet um in one of the dumbest way possible like i i just i can't with this team i don't i don't even know where to begin with this team my bucks at this point though are just so banged up that like i have zero faith and i love baker i i feel like i say this every week man do i wish baker was better like it, he's oh, just man. an awesome dude to root for on your team. I get why Browns fans loved him for the small period of time they did, and then they wanted him gone. <laughs> but like he is just awesome. Talk about another guy that's fiery. He has been that way since college, though. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. awesome dude to root for. But man, the the he's kept us alive this season, which I haven't loved because I want a high draft pick and not to win the NFC South and then get just absolutely bulldozed in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I th- th- I don't have much for this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you don't. There's not, you know, there's not too much, you know, to really take from it. Unfortunately, you're you're probably not going to get that high draft pick that you want because you know I'm seeing this Bucks team. You're winning at least seven games because you still have a team from Carolina on the schedule. Yeah, and you got a New Orleans on your schedule, and you could win this game. So, unfortunately, you're not going to get your wish there. Um, Utter disaster. I, yeah. I don't think you're going to win this game, but I, I, I do like you at, did you say three and a hook? Three and a hook is what I'm getting right I now. I love the hook. I, I really love the hook there. I, I do like that. Um, I'll take your bucks here. And you do have some bright spots. I mean, you can watch Mike Evans for four more games before he says goodbye. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> and and the for whatever yard reason, machine that he is. The absolute machine. That guy is <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, we, we might not think of it, but first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, that the, the, those numbers are absurd. It They're would crazy. be, in, it's crazy how just like the market you play in determines how you're viewed nationally. Oh, yeah. Mike Evans has been balling out forever, but I bet Amazing. if you ask just the average NFL fan, because he plays in Tampa, Tom Brady helped get him some shine for sure. But like they have, I, I would guarantee none of them would be able to pick out the fact that Mike Evans has been consistently just a machine down just in Tampa. Unbelievable what he's done down there. Um, and, they, for whatever reason, they listened to us on Rashad White. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they did. That's been great. <laughs> like, as soon as we brought it up, like, as the following week, I mean, they've gotten the guy involved, and he's played awesome. Um, so Every time been, we need a big play, he's pretty much on that 
end of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been really fun to watch. That's been cool to see. Uh, but yeah, three and a hook here. Give me, give me that. Um, if this were to go to three, I'd, I'd still probably take the bucks, honestly. Um, so yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, Titans, Texans lines at three over under 37 and a half. The Texans offense cannot catch a break from injuries. TJ yeah. Stroud is in concussion protocol. Um, still no official word. I, I would assume he's probably not going to play at this point. Yeah. Maybe he gives it a go. And then you've got a Titans team that's riding high with Mike yeah. Frankel getting the boys going. Um, lines at three over under 37 and a half. Do you have anything for this or are you, you staying away? Where, where do you feel here? I mean, I'll probably be staying away if I was someone that, you know, had maybe more money. Uh, I would probably throw some cash on the Texans, just the, the pure gamble that that would be. I would throw some on the money line because it's like, well, if Stroud does play, I mean, you got to imagine that line's changing big time. Yep. Um, but geez, even Will Levis, he, he's got some moments, man, where you're like, whoa. Um, so like, if he's feeling it, they could totally win this game. So yeah, I just don't have a ton without CJ, without knowing Stroud's status, you got to assume concussions, what we've seen from concussions this year, you're generally going to assume that he's not going to play. Um, so I guess I lean Titans if he doesn't play, but that, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, Will Levis, the, the fans of Tennessee are, have you seen what they've been doing to his ex-girlfriend? What are they doing? <laughs> Every time he has a big game, they just go on her Instagram and post his stat line under her most recent picture. <laughs> it's just like, or whatever her most recent picture is, anytime he goes off, it's just like thousands of comments of his stat line for that game. <laughs> the, the internet's the funniest place in the world. I mean, yesterday, totally going off topic, totally changing sports here. I mean, the memes and the videos, like, like, of, about Draymond Green, where it's oh like, God. where they they say like when Draymond Green sees someone, sees someone on the court, and they have like a WWE clip, clip of someone just mashing someone over the chair. I mean, the internet's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> it's such a great place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Draymond, that's all. That's a wild situation. And another wild. sport. He's a bad man. He might as well just come be. He might as well just come be a tight end. Just play the NFL. Yeah, it's a good. Got a second career for him. He can do it. There's enough injuries going around. Teams need a guy like that. <laughs> Come give it a try. Yeah, I'm sure. The Browns would sign him. <laughs> this point in time. Bunch of maniacs. Oh. Uh, all right. 49ers Cardinals. 12 is the line over under 47 and a half. I mean, the 49ers are arguably the scariest team in football right now. Like the frontline talent that not a whole lot of depth supporting this team, but man, that right. frontline talent. Ooh, that is a scary, scary unit coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I, I got to agree that 49ers, things are clicking for that team. I mean, it's one of the just like just um, just prettiest teams just to watch in football. You're just like, wow, this is just an incredible football team. Um, and Cardinals, they are not a great team. I don't take much when you beat the Steelers just because I just disrespect the Steelers. Um and you know they're coming off a bye week. Maybe that'll help you a little bit, but but not not really. I probably won't make a bet in this game. But if I had to, I would definitely take those Niners because they kick the shit out of good teams. So I would imagine they'll kick the shit out of a bad team. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I would agree. Then at twelve, they are in teaser territory. You teaser folks. Oh yeah. So <laughs> there you go on that one. Um, hint hint. Uh, Commanders Rams. I don't have much on that game. Like it was a bad game. I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Commanders Rams lines at six and a half over under 50 and a half much faith in your commanders to cover a, a six number here against the Rams. 
Zippy, Zippy Faith. This is one of my locks. Uh, believe me, this is a Rams team that's actually playing. They're playing hard. They're playing well. Um, yeah, no, this this team, they're going to kill us. Um, they have two good wide receivers. They have a quarterback that has an arm that's a veteran. Um, this is, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to kick the shit out of us. Washington, we're coming off a bye. This team was so unmotivated before the bye. I don't see any reason for them to be motivated after the bye. Ron's not motivating this team. Ron's just going through the motions until he's fired on Black Monday. Um, yeah, this, this, put it on the Rams. Trust me. How about uh, Puka going old school and just taping up his fingers for the rain game? <laughs> oh, I'd love to say that, dude. Puka, what Puka has done this season is insane for a rookie, a fifth round rookie. I think it was a fifth rounder. Um, yeah, there. yeah, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. This is one of those games where you know, I you know, there have been a lot of games where I don't even look at the wide receiver totals. Take Puka over, just do it. I don't even know what it is. Just do it. And if you want to mess with Cooper Cup, take that one as well. Puka's like people in the college football world that follow it closely, like they knew how good he was at BYU because he would be injured all the time. And you just be like, God damn it. If you bet, if you didn't check the injury report and you fired away a BYU bet when he was there and then you realize he was actually injured again, you're like, damn it. But not in my wildest dreams that I assume he was going to be that good right off the bat, but he's damn good at BYU and he's killing it right now in the league. Um, a game that is definitely appealing to a lot of people. Cowboys bills. We're ending the night, Right. Uh, really, from here on out, we got some decent games. The Lions yeah. over under 50 and a half. This is one of the few later in the game schedule that the Bills have where home field advantage may come into play. You've got a Dallas team used to a dome heading up to Buffalo for a home game where they are hungry for a win because their mm-hmm. futures very much rely on it. Some people will point to the soft schedules both these teams have played. How do you look at this game uh, for the 430 slot? This is an interesting one just because, like, Say this was in Dallas or say it was even like in a, a neutral field in some dome in Oklahoma or something. I would, I'd probably pick Dallas. I, I really would, but they got to travel. They got to travel you know, pretty far up to Buffalo. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be. I know there are, there's, I know there's some wet weather down South. I oh, don't yeah. know. I, I have not checked the Northeast weather, um, but I imagine it'll be chilly. It'll probably be a little, you know, if there's rain or wind and, Dallas and Dak, they're they're a bit of a different team when they're not at home. When they're at home, that team is whew, that is a scary football team. Um, but when they're not at home, they've shown to be a little different. Buffalo playing for a lot here. Um, Dallas, you know, Dallas has some tough games here coming up. So I would probably go with Buffalo. Definitely tease territory for the Cowboys as well, though. Um, so if you, you know you want to tease like you want to tease the the Niners the Cowboys I like that a lot but if we're just going straight up I will take Buffalo here but this is really just going off you know them having home field advantage and them just you know it being like they need this win they don't really have a choice so yeah. I will take Buffalo but not with a lot of confidence because I do think Dallas could go in there and win that game Buffalo is desperate for a win in this game um, weather can obviously change but you're looking at a low of forty with some wins we'll see it's supposed to snow on monday so we'll see if they get part of that front in that game um this is an interesting one i think credit to mike mccarthy and the coaches that they came off the bye offensively and they actually made some legitimate changes you know they had dak run more they started moving around cd lamb which we both have been calling for like 
get him in the slot a little bit more. He could be super useful there. They, they keep kind of moving him around, which I think is really good. Um, the offense started to hum a little bit, but they also haven't played a murderous row of defenses here. It's yeah. been a pretty light front. But then when you flip it to the Bills defense, which is if you look at their numbers, it's like, oh, there's been positive you know, movement forward here. And then you realize, oh, wait, they played a lot of, you know, backup offense, backup quarterbacks and some interesting offenses. Um, this is a tough one. I lean Bills because I think the fact that they are desperate for a win here makes McCar- or makes um, Sean not be as conservative. Like they can't afford to be ultra conservative like he wants to be. I would love them to stop not utilizing James Cook. Their running back management is truly God awful. Why is Murray still getting a good amount of touches here? James Cook is the superior back. <laughs> I'll never, a lot of times in the NFL, some of the running back usage makes absolutely no sense to me. One of my biggest frustrations is where teams have a clear number one running back. And no matter what the situation is, third down, no matter what, we're putting in our third down back. Drives me insane. Uh, the Chiefs do it. I mean, Pacheco rolling, rolling, rolling. Let's put in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Why? <laughs> <laughs> why when you need a first down i don't understand and the bills do it i mean yeah the bills do it um there's a few other teams that do it that just aren't coming to mind right now but yeah. it drives me insane so i am with you on that i mean james cook last week had an awesome game i mean they yep. used him he runs routes he's wide open yeah I, so yeah the, that Drives me crazy. Uh, they need to make use of their best running back, their best players. If you run him into the ground, whatever, draft the new one like every other team does. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It drives me crazy. <laughs> what you got to do, you got to win football games right now to get in the playoffs. So let's start going here. Um, Josh Allen's rushing props may be worth a look here in this game as well because he's going to be under some distress. He has definitely shown he's a willing runner, an absolute maniac. The Cowboys like to play man defense. Same philosophy in the Browns game that we applied. Backs are often turned to the quarterback. It gives them a little bit of an advantage here. Um, Cowboys are another defense that's done a pretty good job, you know, hiding some injuries uh, and this thing moving forward. Um, So, yeah, I I do lean the bills here um, just because of the circumstances right now uh, and kind of the matchups, I think, do favor them a little bit here. And, you know, Sean can't be ultra conservative because he's got to go out and win some football games. And the Cowboys are going to score some points, I think. So, yep. Ravens, Jacksonville. Line is at three and a half over under 42 and a half. This is going to be a game to watch the radar, folks, because weather could be the biggest factor. If it's a clear day, I do think this total is short. But let's break it down. How do you kind of see this one potentially playing out? This should be a pretty fun game, in my opinion, as long you know. Jacksonville sometimes though they they don't show up so I'm hoping that we get a good we get a the, the good Jacksonville team that we know exists we know it's there um, I personally don't think they probably should not have played Trevor Lawrence last week I, he was not he was not healthy you could see just he couldn't get his feet set right you could see some of those balls some of those interceptions like he just it was because he literally could not get you know he couldn't drive off his foot um, so that you know that's definitely a concern I would have for them um, but. The Ravens are, I mean, they're they're playing big time right now. Um, so I will go with the Ravens. Although I I, you know, if the weather stays good, it's this Jacksonville offense does have the ability to beat the Ravens. And it's a big game for Jacksonville because you know they've got two teams that are one game behind them um in that division. So they need this win, but I think Baltimore will probably pull it off. 
it's funny because like the Jacksonville offense definitely wants clear weather, but the Jacksonville defense wants the worst possible weather because this team is leaking water in the back end of their boat. That's secondary. Oof, man, the if it's a, if it, the weather isn't bad here, the Ravens offense might absolutely take them to a wood chipper through the air. Like who's guarding who here? I mean, the, the Ravens have finally figured out that Zay Flowers is a versatile weapon. Odell Beckham, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The guy you throw a jump ball to on the goal line, but still a very good wide receiver. And when he has space, yeah. his route running has been pristine right now. It has been. Very, very impressed what I've seen actually recently from Odell. I was not thinking that he was going to be doing this, you know, after what we had seen early on. Yeah. And then you flip the ball, the Jags. They can't run the ball to save their lives. I mean, they're one of the worst rushing attacks I have seen in the NFL. Bottom tier. And so you need to be able to have a pass funnel type of offense. But if the weather's bad and with Kirk's injury, that hampers it. This is why this total is like where it's at right now. Because I want to hammer the over at 42 and a half with the way these two teams match up. But that weather bug is just, oh, so it's going to be something to watch for. This might be something you check you open up Instagram or Twitter and the Trophy Kids podcast is fired in and over based on how the, the weather looks here because these two offenses have some some chances to put up some points in this one. Yep. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Seahawks. Line is at three and a half, over under 48 and a half. I, we have sat on this show and we have told you that the Eagles record is not as reflective of what the team actually is from a quality standpoint. That has come to fruition as they have gotten smacked by both the Cowboys and 49ers. They've got a Seahawks team now traveling to Seattle. Can they get right in this spot and try to build some momentum towards the end of the season here? This is, in my opinion, a very good spot for Philly. Obviously, it would be more ideal if this game was in Philly, of course. But this is kind of where, you know, they're going to Seattle. They're playing against a team that, you know, at one point this season was a good team, but they've lost four straight. Um, they're fighting for their lives. But, I mean, it's it's... It's been pretty bad here going through Seattle. So I do think this is a really good get right spot for the Eagles. Um, I am, you know, I have big time concerns though about this team. That defense, it's terrible. I don't know what's happened to it. It's not good. It's just bad. And I can't determine if it's more scheme related or like Darius Slay and Bradbury and guys like that have just lost a step because when those secondary pieces go, they go like that and it feels like a little bit of a mixture of both. I'm not saying they've completely lost the fastball, but it looks that way. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, Slay is he's, he's a corner. I think he's 32, maybe 33 years old. He's a cornerback in his 30s. I mean, we can see what happens there. I, you know, he won't be doing too well against DK Metcalf, most likely. Um, but I, I just think this Philly offense. I'm not really worried too worried about the offensive at all. At all. Um, last week they had three turnovers in Dallas territory. Oh three fumbles. That, that that's not gonna happen every week, as we know. Um, so I'm I'm not really worried. I a little worried. Not I wouldn't say worried, but Jalen Hurts. Uh, I mean, something's going on there. Um, we know that he's got a knee thing going on, um, but it's when he has pressure in his face. It's almost like he needs to run because when he has pressure and he throws the ball, I haven't looked at the numbers or anything, but I'm just going off my eyeballs. It's not good. Not it good is. at all. No. <laughs> it's it's real bad. Um, they've kind of got an AJ Brown more back more involved, so that's good. Um, they need to get DeAndre Swift rolling again. Because yeah. at one point 
he was freaking rolling. He looked at for a few weeks there. He looked like he might, you know, even without even playing week one, I was like, this guy's getting the most rushing yards in the NFL. This is absurd. Um, and and he's just kind of fallen off as well. There's just there's a lot of things going on in Philly where they need to kind of get things together. But I do think this is like this is like the perfect matchup for them. Just go into a team that, you know, is kind of respected, but really they've been playing like shit recently. So I, I could see Philly going in there and winning this, probably cover. Um, so yeah, I'd go with the Eagles. I'm with you. I 100% with you. And not to put all the blame on Darius Slay and, and, and Bradbury, but it's just those yeah, of course sort of jumped off a little bit because the, the line is still solid for the defense line. Just things are not clicking. I put a lot of it on just changing of coordinators um, and, and trying yes. to figure out what to do there. But I think I have more faith the offense can correct itself than I do the defense at this point. And they got to quit start. They got to stop getting out to these slow starts. They got to get off the ball a little bit better. They take way too long to get going. And then by then... It's too late because their defense is not going to be able to pick up the offense when they get started slow. It's lethargic at the start. Um, getting Swift fired back up is a good start there too. I, I do wonder about Hurts because you're all right. And he's always had a, you know, if he can be more mobile with that knee, I think that helps yeah. change the dynamic of this offense. They're shooting themselves in the foot last weekend. Like people harp on that, the Dallas game, as I put shellacking offensively, Dallas shellacked this defense, but the oh, Eagles yeah. moved the ball. Like, they still moved the ball. They just shot themselves in the foot constantly. It was like six trips and they had three turnovers and like three field goals and no touchdowns. It's like, what are we doing folks? Yeah. <laughs> so just terrible, but yeah, they got to get things fixed quickly. Um, I'm with you. I, I, I do ride the, the Eagles in that spot um, as well. All yes, right. They need this. Cause they just, I mean, they, I think they finished the season with the giants twice and the Cardinals. So <laughs> I mean, they could, they could easily win out. Um, we'll see about the Giants though. They're feisty. But uh, yeah, I, I think Philly probably gets it right here. I I would agree with that. Um, anything else before we uh wrap this bad boy up? No, I mean nothing, just a couple that are jumping out for me. I like the Rams against my commanders. I like your um I like your Buccaneers at the three and a hook, and <laughs> I like the New York Giants. <laughs> I uh I'm with you. The bets that I be giving out are the New York Giants. Can't believe I'm saying that, but no shot in hell. I'm betting the Saints laying six. Um, Justin Fields over rushing. I like the Lions on Saturday. Um, and then there's a couple more I'm going to wait. We'll tweet them out, but those are the ones that I'm locking in right now. The moment we get off this podcast, firing those bets in. I already fired the Lions one in before we hopped on, but uh, it will go from there. So cool. Well, that will do it for us. Another week in the books. Happy betting. And as always, peace.